All right. That should do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, 803. We're a little bit late. A little bit late. Not too bad. I'll, I'll take it, though. Okay. After today, I'll I'll just take well, being awake. <laughs> you you have a newborn, and you could just say that, and, and people will be like, fine. Right. I can <laughs> use whatever excuse I want. So. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 214, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as to what you're drinking as we go along. And last but not least, if you want to join the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll receive exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. And we do hang out quite a bit. I'm literally always online. <laughs> I mean, literally and figuratively. Except yeah, when I'm yeah. not. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve. Yes. It's been a while. It has been you, a while. You, you've shaved. Uh, well, a little bit. I just I I trimmed the beard up a little bit more. I kind of <laughs> left a little five o'clock shadow. Yeah, yeah. It it actually it's it's kind of a funny story. I got this like uh, beard trimmer for uh, I think late late summer or something like that. Uh -huh. And uh, the the little guides that you can change on and off, mm -hmm. they were poorly made. So the the levels that I designed kind of that I liked, desired, they they clicked, they they broke. <laughs> so I'm left with the, the largest yeah. and the smallest. <laughs> and like the largest, like I don't know, I don't like it that long. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try the smallest. And so this is the smallest <laughs> level. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> you eat either peach fuzz or grizzly I, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got I got I got grizzly adams or, or scruffy mcscruff here is all i got there's no in between for me yep no i've i've got a uh i've got a nice plug-in one uh it's not not a wireless it's uh uh it's got a really nice hard click on yeah. on the different guide settings there's only only two combs on it uh and and they have like six settings each or something like that yeah I don't use it that often now. So. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. How you been? It's been quite a while since you've been. Yeah. On. Yeah. No, it's been a while, but you know, it's good. I'm, 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 this is the first year in like, I don't know how many years that I'm actually ahead of the curve and I got all my Christmas shopping done. I got uh, all the things shipped here early and, and nice. wrapped and all ready to go. Um, I'm waiting on one more thing uh, and then that's it. I'm, I'm completely done. Nice. And usually I'm like scrambling and going to like the 7-Eleven and buying a pack of smokes for somebody for Christmas <laughs> or something because that's all I can get. <laughs> but uh, not I wonder why I got Swisher yeah. Sweets from you last yeah, year. Yeah. Swisher Sweets and some Slim Jims, Jeff. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, at least get me a vitamin water and a, and a freaking bear claw while you're there. Oh, um, Swisher Sweets got lots, all the vitamins you need. Yeah. <laughs> It's got vitamin S. <laughs> <laughs> Swisher sweets. 
no, I'm I'm just about done with my Christmas shopping. Uh, I've, okay. I've got a couple more things to do, a couple more things to get. One person, I I haven't a clue, but <laughs> but I'll, I'll figure. It. I might be in the Seven Eleven at <laughs> zero hour. <laughs> You're looking for that Gatorade sale at the 7-Eleven. There's that old uh, family guy bit. Uh, a human thumb? Where did you ever find that? It was on eBay. <laughs> uh, that's that's old family guy, though. That is old family. That's, that's, that's almost... That's... The problem with making a Family Guy reference is, yes, it's been around for 20 years, but it's the same kind yeah. of thing that if you make like a Simpsons reference, mm-hmm. it's also the level of reference that those are the TV shows that we watched when we were kids that were on Nick at Night mm-hmm. that your parents would laugh at. And you're like, what's so yeah. funny? I don't get the cultural reference from 25 right. years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's 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 some of the things I've watched, some of the old stuff that I really like. In fact, I, I was watching Futurama. Yeah. Because we all love Futurama on here, right? Who doesn't? But some of the cultural references are so dated now. Right. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Because <laughs> I used to watch, I remember growing up, my because my, my dad, when he was younger, he liked Rocky and Bullwinkle and yeah. those type of cartoons. And we watched Rocky and Bullwinkle because he liked those. Right. And so there really wasn't too many cultural references in Rocky and Bullwinkle that I remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was. I haven't went back and watched it. But I'm like, if I show my son like Futurama or something in a couple years, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'm going to have to explain to him. Right. It's like, <laughs> he's not going to get it. Dad, who are the Beastie Boys? Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> Why were they important? Why are there jars in his eyes? There's going to be a lot of stuff that he's not going to get. Hey, Dad, could I get a Lucy Lubot? <laughs> of course, son. Of course. We'll just go get one at Bymart. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Let's get to the most important part of every show. Uh, Steve, mm-hmm. what are you drinking tonight? Okay, so a little preference here. Uh, so for my birthday, uh, my wife got me a advent calendar, beer advent calendar. Uh, and this is the BrewDog beer advent calendar. And I never had, at that point, never had any BrewDog beers, which is surprising because I've had quite a bit of stuff. Right. BrewDog's, they're UK yeah a brewery but they just started coming to the east coast and i think a little trickling to the west yeah coast they're now. in ohio now i want to say i'm not too sure uh i know they're like in new york and stuff like that yeah. but anyway they 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 did a um uh, they did a uh, advent calendar so i thought i would save up a couple of days and i will drink the the beers from those days on the show and so one i kind of looked out because this is just random draw right uh, I got the Brewdog Jet Black Heart, which is a vanilla oatmeal milk stout on nitro, which is nice. That right? sounds pretty good. Sounds good. But the second one, I didn't look out so much because it is a Diet Hard Seltzer Cranberry Winter Spice. 99 calories. <laughs> Where it will not make me fat, but I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. Right. And as a, as a backup, just in case, I don't like that one. Uh, I have this one. Which just I in got case before. that one. Just in case, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna just slam it and just drink this one. Yeah. Uh, this one's not interesting. I got this off of Tavor. It's called Your Dad's Old Fashioned Cream Sour. So this is a sour that's supposed to taste like cream like ale. A cream ale, yeah. And I was looking at the reviews, and people were just like, "Yes, this tastes just like cream soda." Nice. So I'm kind of, and this is by this is by Evil Twin, by the way. Okay. Nice. Um, and Evil Twin does good stuff. Yeah. So I'm really curious about this one to see how it actually tastes. 
to see if it really does taste like a cream soda. Yeah. Uh, so I've got three brews in front of me, and we'll see, again, kind of if I do two or if I do three. Uh, first up, we have Naked River Brewing uh, in one of the coolest can art designs I have seen probably this year uh, in the mm. Cosmic Turtle. I love it. Uh, and, yeah, it it's, it's like a combination of Crash the Turtle from Finding Nemo and the crab from uh from moana like it, oh, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that because it's like the psychedelic colored but mm -hmm. surfing the cosmic yeah yeah uh then we've got a couple of winter ales first up from uh fremont brewing up in seattle we've got their straight up winter ale uh imperial winter ale eight percent nice so. i'll get you where you need to go exactly uh won't take no one horse open sleigh either. Uh, and then a classic, uh, especially around here, Ninkasi's Slayer. Slayer is an excellent Slayer. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I think is like a 6-2. Oh, 7-2. Okay, 7-2. Yeah. It's pretty high up there, too, if yeah. I recall. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what we got. I think I'm going to start with the the Cosmic Turtle, just because I am I think I'm most you curious that about one? that. Okay. So I'm going hazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a safe bet here, and I'm going to start with the Jet Black Heart. From ah. Dog here. Whoa, 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 whoa! I think mine almost did the same thing. <laughs> Fire in the hole. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, this one's I forgot. This one's nitro, so it probably has like a, the little nitro. Oh, and you got it. You um, got to flip the can. Yes. Yeah. You got to oh, do the yeah. full invert. Well. Yep. You either pour aggressive or you go full full invert. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't want to over. There we go. Yeah. It's starting to look. That's okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's your cascade. That's what you yeah. want. That's what we want. All right. So I only spilled some of this on the floor because uh, <laughs> I popped the, the top and literally had a head about an inch above the top of the can. <laughs> and it just started spewing out. Oh, that's a sign of a good beer right there. Yeah. You can't wait to get out of the can and into your mouth. That's right. Oh, man. Look at that nice, thick, rich head on that thing. <laughs> Mm. all right i'm still waiting for mine to go down a little bit oh that is mm, that is excellent <laughs> i love that texture the creamy super creamy texture yeah oh, that's good all right uh let's see folks hello from clearwater florida hello hello how's it going uh let's see Drake says, hey, Kraft, I may or may not be awake long. Got my booster yesterday and feel like crap because the kids keep hitting the injection site. <laughs> I, too, experienced that. Uh, got mine was it last. Yeah, last Tuesday, I think I got mine. Um, it, it hit me probably the hardest out of all, but it also faded the quickest uh, where it was 36 hours in and out uh, where like the first one, it felt like I'd been in a fight like three days ago and <laughs> my shoulder just hurt for a while. Uh, Rev, sipping on some Lagunitas Maximus. Excellent. Skull's got a toppling Goliath, pseudo Sue. And we're hitting oh, so all the classics good. tonight. Yeah, I know. Uh, Novella's got an Adroit Theory Coven, uh, Ghost 1049, Russian Imperial Stout, 12%. That sounds wonderful. Slug has uh, a few shots into some Four Roses single barrel. Oh, like, that's <laughs> kind of jealous of that one. I like yep. that. <laughs> Magic Rats got some Jameson Black Barrel. God, these, these are all like just classically like explain to me like 
among, like some of your top fives in Irish whiskey and bourbon and whatnot, yeah. and you know hazy beers. And we're literally just going down that list. This is yeah, we're going excellent. down the list. Uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA from Michael. Mm. That's a pretty solid one. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's got a Java Monster Locomoca. I don't think I've ever heard of that one, though. No. Uh, That's a new one to me. Yeah. Um, oh, Java Monster. It's the energy drink. Oh, Java Monster. Java Monster, okay. yeah. I thought, I thought it was a... What's, I've never heard of that brewery before. Oh, yeah. it's Monster. Okay, Monster Energy. Guess I've heard of that. Uh, Emil has a... Uh, Local growler fill from Homestead Beer uh, in Ohio. Engine number seven, hazy IPA, 7.2%. Says it's fruity and delicious. Fruity and delicious. I believe you. And speaking of classics, Cork has a uh, Dragon's Milk Reserve by New Holland. Oh, nice. Dragon's Milk's excellent. Yes. I just had the other day, I had the Dragon's Milk uh, White. So it was their white uh, stout. And that was pretty good. Not as good as the regular dragon's milk but it was okay. i would agree i've had the white one before yeah. uh and uh it's a solid drinking beer but it's yeah. not it's not one that i'm necessarily going to pull over a lot of other imperial stouts right like yeah. like i'm going to take a uh an old rasputin and yes. you know i'm, I'm going to take those long before i'm going to get to the the white uh yes i've i've always been interested in the white stouts just because it kind of it always like uh, subverts your expectations. Yeah, because it, it always pours like a IPA or something like that, and you drink it's like, whoa, there's Ooh, some kind of roasty notes. Rich and malty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting, but it's never progressed to a level where it's like, oh my god, this is the best beer. I gotta have more of this. Yeah, and it, it there's always like a lack of evolution in them. Like they're yeah. they're solid two three flavor drinks, and and yeah. that they're they're kind of the one trick ponies. It's yeah. it's 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 a beer magic trick is what it is. Yes. It's like, oh, hey, look at this. It looks like an IPA. Yeah. Oh, but it tastes like a stout. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. All right. Finally drinking my uh, Cosmic Turtle from right, Naked River. I know how that is. Does the artwork match the drink? What would you say? That tastes a lot like nothing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like a lot really? like nothing. Really? I might need a minute. Like, it is so light-bodied, it's like, there's nothing there. Hmm. Let me try, let me try again. <laughs> well, I hope that's not what my seltzer is going to taste like. <laughs> yeah. If you could imagine the best IPA seltzer... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's like, like the Lacroix La- of IPAs, like a like a Lagunitas hop water or something like that. Yeah, kinda. Not even that. Kinda. Even that. Yeah. Uh, maybe right around that level, or like okay. uh, what is that? Uh, the the Klausners, the the non-alcoholic uh, German sparkling oh, waters. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like that. Like wow. I have the I have this lingering hop bitterness that's actually mm-hmm. quite pleasant. Uh. Mm-hmm. A little bit of of some light citrusy fruits, but there's nothing to it. I mean, like wow. I let it sit on my tongue, and I'm going, "This mm. tastes like Sprite." Oh no, <laughs> that's a little disappointing. <laughs> it, I'm not necessarily like 
not liking it. Mm-hmm. It is just you you think hazy IPA, and I mean this right. this looks like a thick, juicy. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be pineapple, yeah. guava, passion fruit. Yeah, you'd like yeah. juice bomb. Speaking of magic tricks, yeah, another subversion of expectations. Mm-hmm. It's like someone whispered IPA into a seltzer. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the head brewer was thinking about hops. Yeah, they were thinking about it. <laughs> right. they, they 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 licked their finger, dipped it in the hops, and then dipped it into the beer. Yeah. Uh, Skull says, LaCroix of IPA was what I was thinking with Lagunitas hop water, which is fantastic, by the way. And I fully agree. Yeah. Like, I love the hop water. I think it's... I do, too. I think it's great. But it's very straightforward in what it is. It is hopped water. Right. And because of that, I'm like, well, yeah, this is actually quite refreshing and quite good. Uh, but when it's, uh, you know, a juicy, hazy IPA, you think it's going to taste a little bit more... still thinking that i'm now. getting a little bit more on a back end on the back end now okay but right. the majority is just like air mm. like um it, it's like hot water yeah <laughs> well i i am quite enjoying mine it's very very thick very roasty very smooth yeah and uh i'm not getting much vanilla there's a little bit of vanilla there but not much but it's still a very solid oatmeal milk stout nice All right, let's go ahead and dive into the news. Uh, I will say there's not a ton of news this week, uh, especially as far as tech news, but oh man, is there one massive overarching story that pretty much touches every industry in tech. And of course, we're talking about the Log4j vulnerability that was disclosed last Friday. Um, of course, I was literally on the Intel campus when I my Twitter started blowing up with uh, people asking me what I thought about it. And it's like, <laughs> I'm in a bunny suit right now. Like, I, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, which, by the way, if you ever get the opportunity to tour Intel in a bunny suit, oh, do that. Oh, did you did you go there with Dr. Ian? Is that what you oh, did? Oh, yes. Oh, nice. That's oh, fun. yeah. I've been on the campus mm-hmm. a couple times. Because they they used to be uh, one of our clients mm-hmm. uh, for the company I work for, and uh, so I went there a couple times to help install some of the software. But I've never actually been through the fabs mm-hmm. or anything like that. I don't know if that's where you guys got to go. Yes, we got to go through the fabs. Uh, we spent, gosh, I want to say close to two hours in the fab. Um, oh wow! It was it was incredible. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna let Ian say it first uh, uh he's gonna be posting a video on on the whole tour and whatnot uh i oh, actually cool. don't ever make an appearance in the video i held the camera for him most of the time oh. <laughs> uh so kind of like when i was at ces <laughs> kind of yeah um yeah. I, I, w- I was mostly there to take in the sites and and mm. and meet people and, and whatnot um uh, i didn't really have any plans as far as content goes uh, mm-hmm. but now that they know me maybe i'll come back and do a, a tour and we'll film it and mm-hmm. that'll be fun we'll do We'll do a we'll plan a heist. Yes, steal all of the chips. Yeah, uh, can neither confirm nor deny what I may have seen on there, but uh, we saw something that is not that's kind of been announced and kind of has like some basic architectural information out, but uh, is definitely not announced. <laughs> <laughs> we were also in the overclocking lab, and uh, 
before we walked in, they had uh, sheets over like half of the benches. <laughs> oh wow! So we couldn't so you see. Couldn't, couldn't see it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Any more questions before we head out? Yeah. Can I just poke my head under one of these real quick? Just nope. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you ever get the chance to do a fab tour at Intel, mm -hmm. holy crap, do it. Um, okay. Anyway, log4j. Uh, what is it? What does it matter? Uh, Steve, I don't know if you've been dealing with this this week at all. I have not. I, I actually, okay, tentatively, because I do a lot of development, and um, I actually use uh, Log4Net. Yeah. Which is there, it's the same, it's from Apache, same same people who make right. Log4Net, but it's the .NET framework. Correct. It's a, it's a, the, it's a, a source port of Log4J. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that is not effective. Right. Um, so I didn't have to patch anything or do mm -hmm. anything with my software, thank goodness. Uh, but I was completely aware of it mm -hmm. because and, uh, us being a software company, we, we there was a company-wide email that went out that says, hey, if anybody is using this, 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 please update to this. Yeah. Um, because, yes, it was a very, very big uh, exploitative. And it, and it was mainly discovered because uh, people got hit with it in the wild. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a kind of a serious matter because it's widespread. Everybody, a lot of people use this library. Yeah, this is, um, not only did this receive a CVE score of 10, which by the way, 10 yeah. being the absolute worst flaw you could possibly discover in a production environment. Uh, they also immediately saw exploits from it and partially discovered it because of some exploits that were actively being employed. Um, but this was implemented all the way back in 2013 and potentially has been uh, untouched. And that exploit may exist all the way back eight years as far as versions of Log4j. Mm -hmm. um, uh, th there's a particular module inside Log4j that was affected. And what it is, is it is a... Uh, essentially a plug-in search and download feature for log4j uh, if you wanted to take your logs and do automated action on them yeah. uh, so for those who don't know log4j is a uh, java applet i think we can say uh, or a java we'll just say applet script uh <laughs> <laughs> Java-based applet that runs on Apache, uh, which is a major web server uh, platform, uh, web host platform. There we go. Uh, and it does exactly what it says. It's logging for uh, the platform that you are hosting on. Uh, yep. So in this case, log4j is log4java, and, yeah. and it was the original implementation of this logging software. Uh, there are a ton of different ports. Like Steve said, there's log4net, there's log4perl, there's log4c, there's log4 for all different uh, source code variants and, and languages that you could have. Uh, none of them implement the log4j plugin search because that was specific to the Java virtual machine instance that it runs in. Uh, now, don't take my word for that. Do your own research, but that is the best research that I have done says only log4j and only this one particular aspect of log4j was vulnerable. Now, what is the vulnerability? Well, it is so stupid simple to do. Uh, we've talked about remote code execution on the mm -hmm. show a couple of times. Uh, 
what happens is if you send a packet to a server that is running log4j, you can send a single line of code. And as long as you format it properly, it will run that code with the permission level of the web server. So uh, basically if I send a web server, this one string of code followed by uh, rm-rf forward slash, guess what? If you're running as root, you're gonna nuke it uh, yeah. because it's going to execute whatever command you put after that instance. Um, that is called remote execution. I'm making a server execute code arbitrarily that it should not be executing in normal operations. Uh, so this happens within a Java virtual machine simply for this one plugin. And the way this plugin works is if you are logging data, you have what's called actionable logs, which means, hey, I discovered a hard drive is dead. Do you want me to migrate? Uh, services from one array to another so you could fix an outage or whatever else. Those are called actionable logs. There's an action that needs to be required or that is required. Uh, if you automate actionable uh, log items, then you could use plugins that plug into this Java VM applet uh, and do those actions for you. And so if yep. it's migrate services from one NIC to another NIC or whatever else, there would be a plugin for that. Well, if that plugin doesn't exist on the server that it's running on, there is a plugin search feature that is allowed to run code. And because they didn't sanitize their, their inputs, that's another one that we've talked about before. The sanitizing strings, yeah. Yep, because they didn't sanitize their strings, sanitize their inputs, you can run whatever string you want inside of that command. So if the server sees that command, it's just going to run it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there and there was instances because, uh, like we said, this was actually caught because some people in the wild were hit with this. Yeah. And there was ransomware basically uh, that people hit it. It hit their server. It told them to download this .NET application, and it basically encrypted everything. Yep. And gave them just just ransomware their whole server. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. It's it apparently and it's not that hard uh, from what I've read about no, it. Too. It's not. Not yeah. uh, you get a CVE score, so that's a critical vulnerability uh, score when there is a CVE uh, issue uh, written, and so every critical vulnerability gets its own issue number uh, and gets a score assigned to it uh, from one through ten. 10 being the worst and one being a, hey, this is like in theory only with quantum mechanics. Yeah, uh, yeah. It should probably be, be patched, but the likelihood of this being exploited in the in the wild is slim to none. And that's yeah. based on what is the exploit itself and how difficult yeah. is it to pull off. Right. This one got a CVE of 10 because literally anyone can do it yeah. from any browser, like, if, from yeah. any platform, this script kitty level of, of exploits. Yes. Like super easy. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Friday, there was a massive scramble to patch everything. Uh, so there was a patch almost immediately issued to fix the issue because uh, uh, a couple of developers had been working on a fix for this for the, the couple days prior to this, to the disclosure. Uh, 
And so a patch was issued Friday and uh, people pretty much got to work getting it implemented. Uh, on Monday, we realized that may not be enough, uh, late Monday, early Tuesday, as a second vulnerability inside of Log4j yeah. was discovered, uh, which the first patch did not address. So it has its all its own CVE, also with yeah. a score of 10, because it is equally easy to exploit. So, uh, if you are running a web server, a web application, uh, pretty much any system that is exposed to the open internet, you need to verify, number one, you are not running Log4j, or number two, you are running a fully patched version of Log4j. Uh, and know that if you are running Log4j, there's going to be people poking at it right now for probably quite some time because... Yeah. If there's one vulnerability found, chances are there's going to be another. There's going to be so another. People are going to be poking it. They're like, oh, there's something to poke at, to pick at that scab. Right. That scab that everybody just wants to keep picking at. Now, I, I think because a lot of uh, um, Minecraft servers actually run Java. Yeah, they run Java itself. Yes. Uh, and log4j is also, it's not just implemented in Apache, it's implemented in Java, it's implemented in a lot of other things as a very common library. So so apparently, I'm guessing that uh, if you were running a Minecraft server, a Java Minecraft server, you are potentially vulnerable, I believe. Yes. And I think we actually even have some of our listeners that run their own Minecraft server. Yep. So. <laughs> uh, I did for quite some time. I actually uh, recently shut mine down as it was getting a little bit out of date and I wanted to redo the world anyway. And so I, I just haven't brought it back up yet. Like I, yeah. I closed the old world and said, hey, that was fun. You know, I'll open again when I have time to rebuild the server. I'm really glad it's not running right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, I have, I have, I have one myself, but it's one that my son only uses. I don't have it yeah. open to the outside world. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to patch it, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, just in case. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's all. It's just an internal internal network server. Yeah. Because uh, you know my son's only five. I don't want to expose that to anything else for anybody to jump onto. So. Right. Um, I'm okay there, but uh, still, if at one point. I do want to do that. I want to make sure that it's patched up. So yes. I have to, that's on my to-do list. Yeah. Uh, and not only is it theoretical in Minecraft, uh, security researcher, uh, John Hammond actually demoed it live on Twitch. Uh, so here's a couple screenshots of him accessing. Now he built his own like Honeybox uh, Minecraft server, his own test environment Minecraft server. Um, and not only was able to inject code directly into Minecraft, authenticated, uh, or running as as root, essentially. Uh, he also was able to run commands from within the shell of the Minecraft server. Uh, and so here's him running nmap on the Minecraft server. <laughs> uh, but it gets better than that. Um, so here's him opening calculator in Windows 10 on a client machine that is connected to the Minecraft server. Oh, like not only is the server vulnerable, but the clients themselves are vulnerable because they also use use log4j and apparently have this plugin implemented. Yeah. So yeah, not good. Not not good. Not good. Um yeah, so you're definitely going to want to 
patch some things. Make sure you're you're up to date. Uh, Ubiquity was another big one. Uh, Ubiquity's uh, uh, controller runs on Java, and they issued an emergency patch uh, Monday and then again Tuesday night uh, uh, for the the two two different vulnerabilities. So make sure you're up to date. Make sure you're not lagging behind and and uh leaving systems vulnerable because yeah, yeah this is a hard one to catch too because it is implemented in so many different applications that you might have yep. just downloaded off off github or stack overflow yeah, you, or... you have no idea yeah right you have no idea there's so many things use java and uses because it's a very common library yep. um oh yeah someone says they're using their minecraft server in a docker container so that's that's I guess it helps. At least you're you're partially isolated. Although yeah, you're partially isolated. Yeah. Although if your root password for if you're running at root level, uh, inside the Docker container, that is your Minecraft is running at root level inside that container, and your password is shared between your Docker container and you have the same local password on your Docker and your main server. Guess what? You're still networked to that machine, and there's potentially exploitable things that can be done because anything that can be ran as root inside your docker can now theoretically be ran as root inside your main server so again this vulnerability doesn't stop just because you happen to sandbox something that unless you are running perfect security bottom to top in your infrastructure this is a problem so So patch up patch Patch up. up Uh, a couple of super chats. One from earlier on. Uh, Kren sends over five Aussie dollars. Good day. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. And then uh, ANT Technology sends over ten dollars as well. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that. No message on that one, huh? Just no ten. message. Just ten bucks. Oh, well, that's hey, even better. Ten bucks. <laughs> <Just> like yeah. <laughs> Andrew sends over five bucks tonight. I am another year older. Have a drink on me. Thank you, sir. All right, I will. Right now, I'm gonna take a sip. That's right. Happy birthday, Andrew. <sighs> are you are you uh, still enjoying that beer, or is it kind of starting to wear a little bit? It's it's brightened up a little bit in the back, like I said. Okay. Um, okay. The front of it is still just incredibly muted. Hmm. Even on the nose, it there's not a lot there. Like maybe a little like mandarin orange kind of thing on the nose mm-hmm. but it is buried it is mm. it's 95 percent air and five percent i passed a semi that was carrying naval oranges on the highway <laughs> the Lacroix jokes are not going to stop with this beer yeah keep going keep going with the Lacroix. and then yeah when it hits your tongue it's like sparkling water that's weird like a like a thicker sparkling water but like i i've had some i've had some like uh really low abv session beers mm-hmm. but they were really flavorful yeah this is kind of like this is kind of like the opposite cuz this you said this was like a what a 7% 6% it was up there it was 62 yeah okay so it's a, a decent abv but with very little flavor very little flavor um, it's brightening up a little bit in the back and it's mostly citrus that's kind of clinging to the back. Like I said, that, uh, that orange flavor more than anything has, has kind of brightened up a little bit and is more present now. Right. Uh, 
maybe a little pineapple at the very beginning uh like when i started drinking it not mm-hmm. not like at the beginning of the flavor but um yeah just there's just not a lot here and then a little bit of hot bitterness at the back which i have to say is wearing out its welcome a little bit the deeper i get into this beer well so. that's pretty common with a lot of northeast ipas right right yeah but i mean there's no acid burn so there's yeah, that that's good. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I look at, I already powered through this thing. This is super good. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I, it, it, it's so smooth and silky. Yeah. I just, I want to take another sip. I want to take another <laughs> sip. And it's chocolatey. It's, it's roasty. Yeah. It's really good. It's kind of like a, a bigger left hand nitro. Yeah. 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 Okay. A little, maybe a little more. It, it's got the same texture, uh, but maybe a little more roasty than left hand. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Andrew sends over five dollars. Uh, to oh no, he already I already read that one. Tonight I'm another year older. Have a drink on me, okay? And then Novella Hub five dollars. My son Tyler turns eighteen tomorrow. Ooh. Happy birthday, Tyler! Happy birthday, Tyler! Can't drink yet, but you know, Canada's dad, just right there. I mean, well, yeah, his dad could give him a sip of whiskey at eighteen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, if it weren't bad enough that we had a whole bunch of exploits out in the wild, uh, it's even worse if you host them yourself. You know how you can avoid that? Have someone else host your servers for you. And that's why today's exactly. video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to give a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com craftcomputing and thank you again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, Linode. Not to be confused with lymph nodes, which are completely Those different. Those are completely different. Completely different. Still need to check out your lymph nodes once in a while, though. Okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> oh, man, so good. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm, I'm a little I'm, jealous. I'm kind of sad because it's gone, and I know the next one I'm going to have to drink is a... Don't be sad because it's gone. Be happy because it happened. <laughs> I know I gotta drink the seltzer next, though. <laughs> oh, we're gonna switch places because yeah, I get a exactly. I get an imperial winter ale next. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, we'll see. I might have to get up and dump it and just go with that sour sour cream ale. A and T Technology sends over another five dollars. Thank you very much, my friend. Grab yourself another beer you with so more flavor. I'm off to bed and and I'm in CST. I uh, work in the morning. Also unrelated, but have joined Linode. Thanks to you. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Even better. Linode is a lot of fun to work with. I, I will say that. They've they've been great. And they signed up 
to continue hosting the show through next year. So, oh, even better. Yeah, like I gotta, I gotta think of more Linode puns then. <laughs> <laughs> Lymph node, like how? How how late were you up thinking of that one? Uh, not, not very late. Okay. Well, well, good. I'll, I'll think of, I'll think of better ones. Ah, <laughs> uh, if you want to crack that seltzer, I am. I'm I'm going to. Um. Uh, let's see. Okay. All right. It doesn't smell great. Uh. <laughs> That's got color to have. it. It's got color. That's good. It's better than most seltzers already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have had some seltzers that are that are decent. So, but, so have I. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, for the most part, they're usually just okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. This tastes like um, carbonated Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> like if you took like those Flintstones vitamins and dissolved them and carbonated them, that's kind of what it tastes like. Don't give John any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, it's got a real medicinal aftertaste. I don't I don't like it. That's probably where the diet comes from it's Probably. it's some kind of artificial the sweetener the the aspartame Probably. the splenda the yeah yeah oh man sucralose yeah this is not gonna be good yeah i i can't stand 90 percent oh. of diet drinks i artificial sweeteners no, and i just no neither can no. i i i am right there with you i would much rather just drink less of the real thing right uh, than go diet right uh, i can moderate myself can. on diet on dr pepper yeah. I don't need Diet Dr. Pepper. Thank you. The only time, if I add enough lemon or something like that to a diet drink, then that's somewhat tolerable because it masks that artificial sweetener, saccharine sweet. Steve. Oh, dude, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, we are definitely switching now. <laughs> not that there's any lack of flavor in this one. It's just the flavor is not good. Yeah. So this is the Fremont Winter Ale from out in Seattle, Washington. Uh, as if there's another Seattle worth talking about. Uh, 8.0%. Oh, yeah. And that's about it. Imperial hmm. Winter Ale. I don't... I've had a lot of Fremont. I wonder if I've had it before. I don't think I've had this one before. I, I don't recognize the can. I mean, for some of the people who are... Uh, actually, my friends on Untapped, my my check-ins are um, at over uh, 5,000 now. So, <laughs> obviously, I can't remember every single beer I've had. Uh, but let me see. Let me look up real quick. Maybe I've oh, had man. this one. Oh, that is so incredibly malty and spicy. So it's just the Fremont Winter Ale, right? Yep, Fremont Imperial Winter Ale. Is it the Bonfire Ale? Mm -mm. No, mm, it's just called Fremont Winter Ale. Fremont Winter Ale. Okay. Oh, that Let's is see. good. Oh yes, I have had it. And I gave it, I gave it a four. Yeah. So I really liked it. I'd, I'd put it right around there. I'd, uh, like just first impressions. I only took the one sip, four, four, two, five, somewhere right, right in there is where I think I'm going to land with it. Oh, okay. I liked it a lot. I got it at a thriftway. Good job. It's very malty. 
Yeah. Well, I got it. I got you. Got the you got the sixteen ounce. I had a twelve ounce. Yeah. I had a twelve ounce of it. So. Uh, very malty, almost like a black licorice kind of affair to mm, it. That's what I like. Yeah. I do like that black licorice. Yeah. Flavor. Uh, that just came out of left field there on that second drink. Like I didn't expect that note, and it's there. It's definitely there. I'm getting hints of Dino and Barney <laughs> in mine. Bam, bam. <laughs> Some bam, bam in there. Yeah. Uh, well, Steve, I hope it gets better, like uh, like my cosmic <laughs> I, turtle did. I, I, I don't think um, I have never had a seltzer where it the flavor evolved. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> It's not. They're pretty straightforward. You, yeah. Your first sip is going to be your last sip. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, no, it warms up, but it gets worse. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But it just becomes warm Flintstones by then. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you let it sit out, if it's going to turn like back into chalk. Yeah, it's going to eventually just harden yeah. into a solid. All right. We are moving right along here. Sierra Nevada. Uh, is getting into oh, this? Huh? Are we done? Are we oh done no! Tech? Are we... Oh, oh sorry, I didn't open that one. I missed that one. Oh no! Hold on. Yeah, we do have one more tech spot. Yeah, sure we do. I yes. This is another good one. That's a little like it's bad news, but it's good informative stuff that everybody needs to know. It's stuff that people need to know, but consumers definitely need to know. Can I just get on the? We need to abolish every tech naming committee and reform them from the ground up. Yeah. What in the ever-loving hell is USB 3.2 Gen 2? Like, yeah. I don't even what know. That, what does that mean? What does it mean? What feature does it have slash not have that I'd be missing from Gen 1? How about USB 3.0? How about USB 3.0 Gen 3.1 Gen well, 2. Like, like in the past, if you go 3.2 to 3.0 to 3.0, there's usually like a bandwidth increase, right? You right. expect a bandwidth increase with USB. Right, and and that's that's how USB went. 1.0 was 11 megabytes or 11 megabit per second. 1.1 was more power delivery and then came 2.0. And 2.0 was 480 megabit per second. Like I know these because they were they made sense. Yeah. And then 3.0 was up to 5 gigabit per second. Uh, or 10 gigabit per second if you had an actively powered cable. Uh, and and But that was it. Like, that was the only feature. But then all of a sudden, we started doing, like, Thunderbolt and video and a whole bunch of... And trying to cram it all into one standard. And now we have, like, the XKCD. There are 14 competing standards. Well, let's make yes. Universal Serial Bus. Great. There are 15 competing standards now. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and you can't adapt them to each other. No, no, no. So, why are they afraid to name it USB 4.0? I think because the top end speed is still 10 gigabit, and that was the original definition of USB 3.0. Yeah. Um, and so, adding more features just means it's an iterative of the same universal serial bus. Because, remember, this is just a serial communication device. It, it's supposed to connect devices to each other at certain speeds and at certain power limits. Uh, and as they add features, they're adding decimal points and generations to it. So, I don't know. Anyway, uh, anyway. 
Welcome to the fray, HDMI, as HDMI 2.0 now becomes faux HDMI 2.1. As if you have an HDMI 2.0 device, which has very finite limitations on the max resolution, bandwidth, mm -hmm. frame rate, etc. Like, these are numbers that are pretty much set in stone. And then you had US or HDMI 2.1, which increased that to you can transmit 4K 120 over a single HDMI yep. cable or 8K 60 over a single HDMI cable, uh, which HDMI 2.0 could not do at all. Well, guess what? Don't worry about it. Just slap a 2.1 on it. You'll be yep. fine. Yeah, let's just round up. Let's just anything that says two point whatever. Yeah. That's not you're fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's good enough. Yeah. Which you know makes for it just makes it ripe for misleading labels. Yeah. On on things in the, in the future, so any type of uh, monitor or or video card or anything like that, mm -hmm. we can just sit there and say, yeah, it's two point oh, two point one, uh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things like higher bandwidth, uh, higher resolution, including 4K and 8K, support for combination of 4K 120, uh, and uh, including 10-bit HDR without color compression. That's a big feature of HDMI 2.1 for those in the editing and content creation space. Uh, variable refresh rate built into the protocol. And so you don't have to rely on FreeSync or G-Sync. It will do it at the cable and, and interface level. Um, and, uh, auto low latency mode. Uh, so an application can determine whether it wants to be low latency or not. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, adjust its capabilities from there. Yeah. But here's the chart. And yes. there's a whole lot of red that HDMI 2.0 supposedly cannot do that HDMI 2.1 can. But now the regulatory board is saying, yeah, just go ahead and name your yeah. 2.0 capable yeah. device 2.1. Right. So all, all the things that are actually what used to be 2.0 can now be legally called 2.1. And you as a consumer have to research the actual features of that 2.1 device to see if it's going to meet the needs that you actually want. Correct. Because that's that's the that's the differential. So um, they're just HDMI like, well, is the new USB. Yeah. HDMI is the new USB. Yeah, so let's just we'll just blanket call it, and the, and their excuse was that well we're deprecating 2.0, so therefore everything there's, there's nothing that could be called 2.0 anymore, so we're just going to call everything 2.1. Yeah, which doesn't make any real sense, but that's what they decided to do. <laughs> and and as a consumer, unless you really know what those things are, that's just horrible because right. they're going to slap the big old 2.1 HDMI label on everything. And in the yep. fine print, they're going to put what it actually is. Yeah. And and it's going to be up to you to go dig through that to figure out what it is that you actually want. Yep. And and on online ordering places, that could be nefarious. There's some people that could just bury what the details are, and you have no idea. Right. And you have to go scour the internet and say, oh, does this? What does this product actually support? Uh, Glenn wants to bring up that USB four exists, uh, and I was waiting for someone to do that. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is 20 gigabit or optionally 40. No, it's basically uh, four times the standard of HDM or HDM. See, now I'm just confusing the names of, of USB 3.0, which was five or 10, again, with either passive or active cables. And so USB, as far as a serial bus standard, 
is simply a speed standard of how many zeros and ones you can throw through devices and what the standard communication protocol is. Um, USB 4 also does not exist officially in devices yet. It's the spec for what it what USB 4.0 will be has been approved. Uh, and he said, and at the end of this, this is great. He says basically Thunderbolt 4. The problem is it's not basically Thunderbolt 4 because Thunderbolt 4 is a PCI Express-based connection, not a serial-based connection, that has completely different feature set, completely different protocols, completely different requirements, power settings, etc. The problem is they are trying to merge all of these into a single unified port that is anything but unified in the USB Type-C connector. Which is why... We're all confused when you plug a USB-C cable into something and it either works or sometimes doesn't. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're losing we're losing this the, the serial in USB. I, I have some devices. Uh, I, I have... Uh, well, here. Um, I have a Retroid Pocket 2. Mm -hmm. Fantastic little handheld console. Play this thing all the time. Uh, and in fact, Little Bit has been playing uh, Spyro on it lately, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, but uh, hey, look, there's USB Type-C right there on top, right? Uh, guess what? You can't charge this on a smart USB-C charger because this doesn't have the protocol to negotiate 5, 9, or 20 volts. It, has, it just has USB protocol on it, which is 5 volt. So if you have something like, oh, I don't know, the Anchor Charger that I had an ad for it's a little while phones, ago yeah. for, for your phone, which is a fast charger, yeah. fast charging is a negotiated protocol outside of the USB spec. So fast charging communicates with the device over USB serial and says, hey, what kind of voltage and amperage do you want? I can give you 5 volt, I can give you 9 volt, I can give you 20 volt. And the device, if it doesn't know what fast charging is, goes <laughs> and the charger goes well i'm not going to send you anything then and so even yeah. though this is like a 25 watt charger you can't charge this device over USB-C with it it's like fine i'm going to take that's all where we live home. today yeah yeah and that's just like one device like i had that within arm's reach it is so incredibly frustrating uh that we used to complain that there were so many different ports. There were so many different ports yeah. for various things. There was DisplayPort, Mini DisplayPort, HDMI, DVI. There were six types of DVI. Did you know that? Yeah. Because oh, not yeah, a lot of people tons. know that. Oh, no, I knew that. Yeah. I had like three different cables just to connect different Right, partners. there were like six <laughs> different types of DVI. Yeah. And and a lot of them were, were compatible as long as you had just like straight up digital DVI signals. I, I have a I still have a drawer full of converters. Yeah, but I for DVI. But there's dual link DVI. There uh, and by the way, DVI became the HDMI 1.0 spec. So actually, DVI is forward compatible with a lot of HDMI devices. Yes, uh, I actually have a DVI to HDMI. Right, and so do I. Um, but we as consumers complained that there were too many cables and too many ports, and we just wanted to plug something in and have it work. And so the industry went, gotcha, USB C. But then there's like 70 types of USB-C and not all of them work together. So even if your cable now plugs in, it doesn't always work. <laughs> yep. 
And now, yeah, the, HDMI. HDMI. Is welcome to the party. Yes. With the welcome confusing the names. Yes. Now, yeah, I think I think this this is going to be something that a lot of, unfortunately, it's going to be the the console people who who are going to be most affected by this. Uh, Could be because I, I think it is because, um, I think uh, I think it's the, the newest PlayStation PlayStation Five, which advertises that they support two point one, and then so TVs mm -hmm. could advertise, hey, we're two point one compatible, but they just have the features of two point oh. But they're legally allowed to call themselves 2.1, but they won't get the features that they are expecting to get. Mm -hmm. So people will just go out there and buy, hey, this TV is going to work great with my new PS5 that I finally am able to get. And then it's just <laughs> not going to work right. But the TV says 2.1. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. They're not going to dig into the, the, the deep specs of it. It just says They're just going to know that I plugged. It just says 2.1 on the box. Right. I, I plugged okay. in my, my Sony PlayStation to my brand new 8K TV, but it only displays 4K. What the crap? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Yeah, I was wonderful. about to bring wonderful. out the rant alert, but I... <laughs> it, was, it was close. It was getting close. Yeah. Save that for next week. There you go. Uh, all right. Can we move on to to spirit news we can, now? We can we can go. On have to, have on you been to, satisfied to with the HDMI talk? I, I, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm okay. Good. I'm good. <laughs> this is my show. Uh, Sierra Nevada <laughs> is getting into the spirit business, uh, yes. partnering with St. George Spirits and releasing the Ruthless Rye Whiskey distilled by Sierra Nevada. Mm. Which I like Sierra Nevada. Yeah. And one of my favorite whiskeys is a rye whiskey. I love rye whiskey. I do love love a rye whiskey. Uh, although this one seems to be going to be something that's going to be hard to get a hold of. Yeah. If you want to try it. Um, and uh, apparently it's not super cheap either. It's uh, $75 a bottle. Nope. Uh, no. Yeah. It, yeah. It's $75 a bottle. Uh, I was, I was agreeing with the, no, it's not going to be easy to get a hold of. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so it is the Sierra Nevada roofless rye. Uh, which is uh it's a rye whiskey that's blended with other spirits uh is is officially the title of it but it does t qualify as a rye whiskey so it was aged at least four years in new american oak and followed all the standards that you need to be a rye whiskey mm -hmm. um but instead of just being a straight up grain bill it's a blended spirit so yeah. that's what you need to know and and it was and it's is based on the ruthless rye ipa yes so it, it's been aged so the, the Sierra Nevada fans, uh, the Ruthless Rye IPA has been discontinued. They don't make it anymore, right. unfortunately. I went back and I looked to see if I had it, um, and I did. I actually had the 2012 mm -hmm. Ruthless Rye IPA. No, I, I had one of those way back in the day, too. <laughs> yeah, I did, too, and I'm I'm kind of surprised I went back and looked. Because normally, uh, an untapped, I'm, I'm pretty thorough. I'll take a picture, I'll tag my location, and I'll have at least a little description as to what I thought about the beer. I must have been pretty far gone. Because the only thing I got was I earned the Brew Bowl badge. So I drank this during the Super Bowl. So I must have been like, because I didn't take a picture. I didn't type anything. <laughs> I just like, can you Can you go back to that day and see how many beers you had checked in beforehand? Because that'd be interesting. I, I don't, that would be interesting. Because, I mean, you know what? Because this was back in 2012. So I probably was hanging out with my neighbor. You, you know my neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Or my yeah. old neighbor. A big, big football guy. Yep. 
So he probably had a big Super Bowl party. Probably was yeah, I was probably just drunk yeah. at the time yeah. and I just like I'm going <laughs> to probably Steve, probably. Okay. Okay, it's not uh, probably. It's it's a good indication. It's a, there's a good chance. 99.9% yeah. chance. But I did like it though. I did give it a 4 4 4 Point oh. Nice. So I liked it. Uh, what I will say is uh, this was distilled all the way back in 2013. So it's actually been aging for quite some time. Uh, there's an editor note on this article, though, that says, if anyone can get a bottle to Portland, please let me know. Um, I'll pay double if you... Were you... <laughs> I was going to say, were you the editor? I was not the editor in this <laughs> case, but uh, I'll be damned if some some random article is going to get a bottle of rye whiskey over I, me. I, I would love to try this. This stuff... <laughs> you know who it, I am. It, yeah, this is this is right up my alley, too. I love rye whiskey. Yeah. I, I loved this beer when I had it, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I would like to try this. Yeah. Uh, a couple more super chats. We've got Harley chimes in with five bucks. Thank you. Standards. This is why we drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm into that. And Zachary throwing down the holiday Zachary. cheer with a hundred oh, bucks. Man. Cheers, Zachary. Merry holidays. Merry, Merry holidays. Definitely. Well, I mean, once I finish my uh, Flintstones vitamin seltzer water, <laughs> it'll be a lot. I appreciate merry. that you're powering through that. <laughs> I, I just got to say. You notice I'm drinking it faster than normal. I did notice that. I get, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get this out of yeah, my I, dominion. I appreciate the old college try you're giving this thing. Uh, well, the only reason I haven't dumped it is I don't have a, I don't have anything to dump it in my <laughs> office here right now. The only thing to dump it down is my gullet, so that's where it's going. Oh, and Skull jumps in with a moderator super chat. Thank you, Skull. Sends over ten dollars. Uh, in other beer news, reminder for the Discord Secret Santa 2021 beer opening on December 18th at 8 p.m. Pacific, only yes. on the Discord channel. Thanks for that reminder, Skull. Yes, I will be there. I have my my package here. Uh, I sent mine out to my Secret Santa. He's got it. Um, I don't know if he's on here tonight, but I think he'll be pleasantly surprised. Yep. I've got I mean, mine. Really I've sent mine out. <laughs> so... I actually had John shop for me. So. I feel a little guilty because <laughs> now I, I bought, you can go one of two ways because we do uh, dollar amounts in the secret Santa. So it's like, you know, 50 to 60 bucks or yeah. 80 to a hundred or something like that. Um, I think I did 50 to 60 bucks, uh, but I tend to buy just bigger bottles. And so, yeah. you know, when I go out and buy beer, it's you, if I'm buying anything, most of what I buy beer for is to review on the channel, which means I don't mind spending $10 on a beer yeah. because it, it makes the show interesting. You know, I'll review some standards here, but I, I like opening some of that bigger rare stuff. Uh, so when I do a Secret Santa thing and I sign up for a $60 dollar amount and I put four bottles in the box and go, Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that that's when you, that's when you leave the price tag on there. So yeah, they yeah. Know how so they know exactly. They know. Yeah. They know this is a good beer. Yeah. No. So I, I I tossed in quite a few extra cans and and uh, uh, I actually got a full holiday pack uh, for a pretty darn good deal. I don't want to reveal exactly what it was, but it's like three twenty dollar bottles, and I think I might have spent twenty five on it. <laughs> so I was uh, I was a little under in my dollar amount, so I threw like three cans of some uh, old English. <laughs> And there's just to like make up for the difference. You gotta get that shipping weight up, you know. Yeah, I just gotta, gotta get it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, we do a uh, drinking secret Santa 
every year unofficially. Of course, we don't ship beer around the world for no, the no. purpose of my Discord. Are you crazy? This is all, this is all theoretical. Uh, theoretical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shipped via messenger, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just take pictures of the beer and send it to each other. It's not really shipping beer. <laughs> right. Yeah, my wife wanted to know why I was putting a uh, large flat rate box inside of another box. And I said, because you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> and I want to make sure there's like two or three layers of boxes before you get to the actual good stuff. Yep. Uh, that's that's another thing, too. I was like really super concerned because I had to actually ship mine to the East Coast this time. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was I was on the West. It didn't have to go that far. So, yeah. I didn't do any bottles. Um, I just did cans because I was concerned. You know, you never know. I, you must I, get the East Coast. People kick things around over there. Yeah. You know. I, I did a 50-50 mix. There, there's bottles and cans in mine. Uh, but uh, I had just gotten a giant wine shipper in. And so I had... Uh, uh, I, I put. Oh, you had the, the boxes. Uh, yeah, I, so I had some wine shipper boxes, and so I had two bombers that I sent over, and they laid perfectly where the wine bottles were, and so oh, I had the full cardboard assembly yeah. for them, and everything. Oh, it was great. Yeah, because I wanted to do that because I always like uh, buying um, from uh, Benedictine Brewing, which I always think is a great one to send out because it's a local brewery uh, by monks, and it's like one of the very, very few in the whole country that does that. And they do not distribute anywhere else but their brewery. So it's like a very super unique Secret Santa gift. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't do it this year because, well, I didn't want the bottles to break. Sorry. A wild tech tech potato appears. Morning, Ian. How you doing, there he buddy? Is. Dr. Ian. Oh, no, late at night because he's not home yet. I forgot about that. Oh. Where's he at? Uh, San Francisco still, I believe. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah, he's still in the U.S. Yeah. That man never sleeps. Oh, man. Well, I say that, but... Boy, he was not happy to wake up when we had to go back to Intel the next morning. (laughs) Did you guys go the day after the stream? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, and that was after party and everything. Right, right. and and literally, oh, God. literally like ten minutes before the stream, he got a text message that says, "Hey, Intel wants to bump up our starting time an hour. Oh, so instead yeah. of an eight a.m. starting time in Hillsboro, we had a seven a.m. start time. Oh, oh, so you had to get up extra early because yeah. of traffic from where you are in Hillsboro. We got off the air at midnight. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> right. So like you got like four hours of sleep maybe <laughs> no like exactly we got four hours yeah. of sleep because after you get off the show you have to come down a little bit yeah, like you do. you're yeah. pretty amped you're you know yeah. the energy's flowing and whatnot and so it was like one in the morning before we finally got to sleep and uh yeah then we woke up at five and it's like oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh uh we've all been there yes that, that, oh god that's yeah <laughs> Ian says he flies home tomorrow, 8 a.m. flight. Have a fantastic trip, sir. Yes, sir. Do not stay up tonight with us. Right. As much as we'd like you join the after party, do not do that. Yeah. Uh, you are going to hate yourself. <laughs> well, he's probably shuttling to the airport. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, we got some awesome fab tour footage of him being chased out of the fab. I can't wait. Oh. To, I can't wait to share that. <laughs> I can't wait to see the video. That's going to be so much fun. That was such a cool trip. That was such a cool 
thing to be able to do. Uh, uh, I guess Ian has done uh, a fab tour before and, uh, and whatnot, but this building is just absolutely massive. Uh, uh, it was a shame that we did the show on Thursday instead of Friday because we went through the fab on Friday and we had so much more to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think I'm going to have to have Ian on for a recap uh, here maybe in another month or so. And uh, and we'll go through like what the experience was like and maybe get signed, get signed off so we can say a couple things about what we saw. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Saw the ghost of Pentium past. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, you know, in a way, yes. Uh, they had uh, an entire wall that was full of of wafers of the old chips, of, yeah. of old chips, right? Um, so uh, we're we're walking by, taking photos of these uh, these plaques and whatnot. And uh, our our guide for the day, uh, he was like all the way down the hall. I'm like a hundred feet from him, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, "You coming?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just getting a picture in the halo." He goes, "We all have our favorites." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was kind of funny uh, that you mentioned that. Back in the day, uh, not that far back, maybe maybe like, I'm going to say early 2000s or something like that, uh, we, we took a trip, uh, a bunch of us and our family went to D.C., and uh, we went and toured the Smithsonian Museums. If you ever go out to D.C., Smithsonian Museums are like one of the best. And uh, at the American History Museum, they had a roving um, tech uh, exhibit it was like uh old old computers and old systems and stuff like that and uh my dad who was who was also kind of in the industry back in the day was going through this and he literally saw a, a computer that he used to work with <laughs> he's like i i worked on this yeah. it is it is in a museum now <laughs> it's in a museum <laughs> it's like, it's like that's that's gotta make you feel old yeah <laughs> uh ian says or ghost of sapphire sapphire rapids future yeah yes yeah there you go yeah since he's since he's dropped the name i'll drop the name yeah we uh so ian and i we were we were walking they were trying to usher us back out of the fab and we kept stopping to look at different machines that we didn't see on the way in Mm -hmm. uh and uh there was a machine that was validating uh some of the wafers that had been printed and uh so they had this cartridge that was on the left hand side of it and it was a clear box that we're like pressing our nose up to, to be able to see into. Uh, there was an arm that would reach in, grab a wafer. It would put it on a little scanner and it'd spin around pretty slow, like about like this. Um, I'd have to read it. Right. Uh, and on a monitor right to the side of that, it would show all of the different dyes that it expected to see inside of the wafer shape. Uh, and so... You could then, you knew the size of the wafer, which is 300 mil, because that's what they produce there at Intel. Uh, So Ian is busy counting the wafers, and I'm busy counting pixels, making sure that it is indeed a 10 nanometer wafer. Uh, And Ian's looking at the package layout, and and we're discussing, and we're like, I'm pretty sure that Sapphire, that's that's all it could be, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so we're, we're asking the engineer who's standing there. And by the way, PR was out of earshot at that point. And, uh, and Ian goes, so is this production or, or, uh, uh, or, you know, debug running? He goes, oh no, this is production. Oh. 
Oh, so they're cranking out production fabs. So Sapphire Rapids doesn't do out till 2023. Oh, wow. So they're cranking them out right now. <laughs> right. That was a production wafer. Wow. Of Sapphire Rapids Eon. Nice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so glad that's empty. <laughs> Oh, that was terrible. What are you having for your third beer? I'll let you open it right now. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to do the Your Dad's Retro Fashion Cream Oh, that's sour. right, the Cream Ale. Yeah. I've been super curious about this beer because the reviews say that, yes, this really tastes like a cream ale. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's like... like It's cat... Where did it's they... It's a sour. Oh, it's a sour. Okay. Yeah, the categorize is a sour. Interesting. So. Because I yeah, was I was wondering if they went more like like cream ale like ale or if they're aiming more like orange creamsicle kind of thing. Yeah, no, this is um that was my main it question. Smells, it smells like a vanilla malt. Okay. So already already it's smelling pretty promising. Whoa. Holy crap. <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah. Okay, it tastes like a very <laughs> wow. Okay, wait, let me taste this again. Wow. Okay, this does taste like an extremely sweet cream ale. There's no sour notes to it whatsoever, even though it is categorized as sour. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of like, um, it just kind of. Reminds me of a cream ale, but like if you sprinkled some powdered sugar on top of it, it's it, insanely sweet. Um, I like it better than that, mm -hmm. uh, but it is very, it's a little too sweet for me, to be honest. It's like, is, is, is it syrupy or is it? Yeah, a little bit syrupy sweet. Okay. Kind of um, like a little over the top. It definitely has those vanilla notes to it. Yeah. Um, and it definitely tastes like a cream ale. Or just a cream soda, I should say. Yeah. But it does not. It's it's not like I, I would I would like if it toned down the sweetness just like by two notches. Yeah. I'd like this a lot more. Yeah. But it is it is like five times better, ten times better than this. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy with it. And and Ian reminds me that the visual that I was putting with that story is actually not correct. The the machine that we were looking at, we can't talk about that one because mm -hmm. we also deduced what that one probably was. Oh. And that one has not been announced. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we got we got some wink wink nudge nudge. Uh, mm -hmm. That's all I can say. Uh, all right. Uh, what else do we have for beer news? We got here? more beer news. Whatever you want to go through, we have a few. Yeah, we got a few here. Jeez, we have three more. Uh, yeah. And let's see. What are the three? Heineken faces a lawsuit over non-alcoholic beer. Um, is this because it was... Okay, I, I read this one really quickly. Yeah. This this just seems like... Because Heineken says that they're a 0, 0.0. They have actually no alcohol in there whatsoever. Right. So the lawsuit alleges that it actually does have alcohol because actually it has... 0.03 which is hardly anything at all um, and honestly if you left your orange juice out for a day you would get 
the same amount of alcohol in your orange juice. Orange juice you buy from the store may have yeah, that concentration. I mean, that's that's the thing. So a lot of people are saying this is going to be frivolous because yeah, it's going to be based on the storage conditions of somebody because any amount of sugar that is in a beverage could have potentially a little bit of alcohol in it Correct. because it could ferment a little bit. Right. You don't know. Natural yeast gets in there. Right. It's it's like it's you can't control it. Epos Vox has so, been quoted as saying, you know, for for quite a few years, Sunkist QA has been a little, yeah, yeah. You know, he's very finicky about his Sunkist. Yes, he is. Yes, uh, yeah. But yeah, sugars plus it, heat it, equals yeah, fermentation. It, it could be just how the store stores the their sodas. Who knows? So that's what they're thinking. This is probably it's like we cannot control it once we send it out. Uh, they can probably just say, "Hey, this is what our measurements are when we take it uh, off of off of the production line." Yeah. So therefore, you, know, you ever bought hundred percent juice? I've got I've got news yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not hundred percent. Actually, there's hundred percent juice is mostly uh, uh, sugar from pears. Yeah, it's pear sugar. Yes, uh, that's how they get away with saying hundred percent juice. Yep. Yeah, I, I still remember that one of the classic things from um, the Prohibition, where they used to sell like grape juice, mm -hmm. and they put explicit instructions on the grape juice that said, "Do not store this in bottles. Do not add yeast to it. Do not store it in your basement. Yeah. This will create wine. Please do not do this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 2% milk. What's the other 98? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Chalk. <laughs> what else do you know that's white? That's the other 98. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just left it up to your imagination. No. I, I was just reminded of a story from my past that came like flooding back. Uh, I'll tell it in the after show. Because it, okay. it's, it's an amusing anecdote, but nothing I want to repeat on this show. So Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Do not make Pruno. Do not mix three parts blah, blah, blah with, with <laughs> two parts orange juice. Do not store in a cold, damp environment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I feel this one's a little bit frivolous because... I do too. Even though, yeah, Heineken claims that their 0.0, .0 is actually 0.03. It's still technically zero if you round up. Right. It, it, it's a trailing percentage, which again, <laughs> there are products on the shelf that you buy every day that have a higher concentration of alcohol than that. If, if HDMI 2.0 could be HDMI 2.1, then, you know, zero point. I think that's a different issue because I think HDMI 2.0 is identifying as HDMI 2.1. It's fine. It'll yeah. work. Yeah. We're, we're still working with points here. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I hope this one gets tossed as frivolous. No, it should get tossed. Because 0, 0.0 is still technically accurate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're just you're, you're just where where is your where is your precision at? Right. It's just we're at tenths instead of hundredths. It's fine. Right. Totally fine. Oh. Uh, what's funny is that people will pay for two percent. Uh two percent fat, ninety-eight percent liquid. Yeah. At least it's not skim. Oh, yeah. Otherwise no, known I, as white I, water. 
I can't I can't go with milk. I can't go below two percent. Yeah, that's just I can't, I can't do it. And my wife drinks one. Yeah, I I, I drink like I said on the show last week, Coke, Coke uh, or almond milk. Uh, but uh, almond milk, I, I I don't mind almond milk. Yeah, uh, but Ian Ian kind of kind of called me out and said you shouldn't if you care about the environment. So I'm I'm honestly going to to switch it up. I'm going to start uh, looking into some other options. He recommended oat milk. Um, I've done cashew before. I've done coconut milk before. Well, almonds almonds do hate the environment. They're they they do. Them. Yeah, they have a. a... <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to? I don't want to read an in, uh, a Miller story. No, we don't have to do Gosh. that much. All right. Let, let's move on to the next one. Uh, craft beer and crypto collide in an alternate ending beer company limited release can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of read a little bit into this one. Although um, I think I think the 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 beer recipe is kind of more interesting than the uh nft mm -hmm. that they're trying to crank with this beer so the beer is a uh grisette which is which is a style of beer it's like a blended beer yes but it's made with malted peas yeah so it's a little bit of a different flavored beer um i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of peas i don't know how you fall on the pea spectrum there i'll i'll eat them they're yeah acceptable you know i've had some i've had some mushy peas before that were okay but for the most part i can't mushy peas no i i like mine fairly firm al dente as as they say uh no like like in the like when you go like a like a british mushy pea oh yeah, yeah yeah usually they're spiced enough that they put some some yeah deliciousness in there and make it okay no even still i i'm standing by my statement of i <laughs> oh really you just don't <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend to not like peas myself, but yeah. I will I will try. You know, a, give me some uh, some mashed potatoes and ham and and some peas. Oh yeah, no, no, like, that's no, totally. I'm I'm game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'll try a fermented version of it. Yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, Grisette, four point seven percent ABV. Obviously, it's the famous NFT monkey, which is supposedly worth three hundred thousand dollars, which sold for yeah. three thousand dollars a couple of weeks ago because someone carried a decimal. Yeah. Still too much money. Uh, I'm just gonna right click, right click, save as. Right. I mean, look, I can do that right now. Save yeah, exactly. image as. Yep. Oh, oh, you got that NFT. That's right. What are you gonna do now? Come after me. <laughs> Come after me. Yes, wasabi peas are actually. I like wasabi peas. Yeah. That may be that may be the only form of peas that I really really enjoy. Yeah. Mainly because I like wasabi more than peas. But. See, I'm I'm kind of with you on like I don't care about the NFT aspect of this. Uh, no, I I don't care either. But I I do like the pea based I, <laughs> beer. I'm kind of interested in that. I, I wouldn't mind trying it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of what I'm interested in. You know, I've I I don't think I've ever had a grizzette before. I I don't think I have. There, it's not a common no, uh, style of no. beer. So I, I don't care about the NFT, but I'm more interested in in what that beer tastes like. I, I love that there's now a what is an NFT conversation happening, and it's a non fungible token. I know what NFT stands for. I mean, why the f is it worth something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, so actually, great. we're gonna talk a little bit a little bit more about that later. With yes, another, another we, like, NFTs are everywhere right now for some reason. Yeah, yeah. it's the current thing to. I don't know. 
Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Splinter Cell is getting a remake. That's right. So fans of the old Ubisoft Splinter Cell. Um, now, we were talking a little bit about this before the show started, mm-hmm. and we were not 100% clear on if this was like a reboot a la Doom 2016 or uh, Lork, uh, uh, Tomb Raider. <laughs> Uh, a reboot uh, versus a remake. Versus a remake. Right. And I, this, I think, just from reading this article, I think it's a remake. Correct. They're, so the, they are very different words and very purposeful words uh, yes. uh, when they use them. As Steve Hofstetter would say, words have meaning. Uh, yes. and, and so remake to me is we are remaking the first Splinter Cell. So yes. we are taking the first game and we are making it today as if we had made it 20 years ago. Uh, But with modern tech, with potentially modern gameplay aspects added to it. um, That would be how I would take it as well. Right. A remaster is we are taking the game from 20 years ago and we are upping the textures and upping things and maybe adding some quality of life improvements. Mm -hmm. A reboot is we are taking the world that we built 20 years ago and we are creating a new game around that. And so... Those are the definitions that I usually work with. Yes. And and now we got that grounded. This is a remake. Right. Um, but it's from a, a different engine. So they're using a completely new engine. Right. It's called the Snowdrop engine, which is not existing in any game from Ubisoft right now. Apparently, there's an Avatar game that's in development with this engine and a new Star Wars game that's in development with this engine. But they're also going to do a Splinter Cell remake with this. Um. Now, this just started, so we don't know when it's supposed to be released. Um, and it's just at the beginning stages of it. Mm-hmm. So this article, fair warning, just has a lot of marketing buzzwords and <laughs> yes, all the, all the stuff to kind of get it, you. It was up. an interview with the head of PR for Ubisoft. And so yes. uh, there's, there's a great line. Uh, hold on. I was looking for... Oops. Searched the wrong page. Wrong hotkey. How are you approaching the Splinter Cell remake? Uh, What makes it a remake and not a remaster? So he's asking for a definition of those two terms, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, to, to me, a remake takes what you do in a remaster and goes a little bit further with it. He used the words in the definition of the words that he was supposed to be defining. Yeah, which and you, you're not supposed to do like that. It's like rule you number one. Yeah, you do not do that. Right. You cannot use the word that you're using to define right. the word. It's, it's like a remaster, but a little bit further, you know? Right. And so this entire article is PR speak. What I kind of take out of it is that we're getting a remake. It is going to be a remake of the original Splinter Cell from 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, for better or Which for worse. Which I'm not upset about that. I, I liked the original Splinter right. Cell. I had a lot of fun playing the original Splinter Cell, so I'm kind of excited about that. But, you know, like we were saying before, with the with the GTA um, remakes or remasters or whatever you want to categorize it as, some could be disappointing some could be good we just don't know until it comes out so the fact that they do say they're using a new engine um and they they do explicitly say they're working on it from the ground up kind of makes me a little more optimistic about it but again like you said this is all 
PR speak, so we really don't know. The big news is that they're remaking Splinter Cell. Yeah. It was a fun game. I kind of look forward to it. So Yes. Uh, speaking of NFTs, oh, God, here we go again. Yes. Uh, Stalker 2 is going to auction NFTs for an in-game NPC appearance. Yes. Uh, that is, if you want to purchase NFTs, you will get a receipt, but also be an NFT within the game Stalker 2. Yeah. So basically, they're selling the ability to have an NPC within the game, and then you will own that N NPC. <laughs> Apparently, you will be able to own an NPC in a game. Yeah. So, in the future, when AI advances and they have sentience, you will essentially be a slave trader. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, I kid. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I, it is an interesting concept, is what I would say. Um, so the ability to own portions of the game mm -hmm. is kind of a interesting way to fund a game, I would think. Does that come with profit sharing? If I own <laughs> I, I, assets within the game? I, I I don't know if that's profit or are sharing. They, or are they selling the NFT... Which is well, which is like Ian says, it's the receipt, not the actual thing, which means I don't own the actual thing, but I have the NFT stating that I own a receipt for the actual NPC that will be in the game. Yeah, and that's okay. the thing, because because once you have the thing within the game, but what happens if the game becomes defunct and you can no longer use it? Does that mean your asset in that is no longer worth anything? Well no, you still have the receipt, which is apparently right. still an NFT. Well that's the same still thing. worth you something. You can you can have a receipt for something, but if that something is gone, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You can again sell the asset to some gullible person who thinks they still have it. <laughs> Will like, it be like, worth as much <laughs> as shares to the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, the Green Bay Packers are a publicly owned. Right. Which means just whenever they want to come up with another 30 million dollars they sh sell shares to the comp to the team uh but they only sell like 10 percent of the shares I, I i kind of look at this like like you know remember the time where there people were like selling plots of mars and yeah parts of the moon and naming stars Don't you attack me like that, like that? <laughs> this is i mean like these are yeah those are also non-fungible you know right? what I mean, like, john's knighthood is legit Oh yeah, yeah, like John's knighthood, right? <laughs> yeah, he owns one square inch of Scotland, so yeah. <laughs> so therefore, he's a lord. Mm -hmm. These type of things. This is, I think, this is kind of in the same realm of it. It's well, at least at least with his lordship, he he got a deed for the property and could technically do with it what he wanted. He he can build a, a a one inch by one inch building right on that. Piece I of would property. totally three D print like like a, like a, a castle. A, a castle. Yeah. yeah. You could just put it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Have like you know a little soldier on their guard and mm -hmm. everything from the ants. I totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just just bait it for ants and arise, my <laughs> minions. <laughs> Lord of the mana. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Stalker Two. You can. I don't know. It's it's. I I think I think it's more of a 
interesting fundraising way of 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 promoting a game whether it's actual an actual investment you know it's probably going to get less hate than if they went on kickstarter because kickstarter is supposed to be the up-and-comer the one who doesn't have any capital you know damn well the developers of stalker 2 have capital oh yeah i mean i loved the first Stalker. right Uh, don't get me wrong I, i thought it was a good game right I don't know if this is like if they're legitimately thinking that this is going to be an investment where the value of it's going to grow. Yeah. Or if they're just like cashing in on a trend and it's going to be. It could be a little of both. Honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even the first stalker wasn't exactly a widely recepted game. Right. It was, I was good, uh, but it didn't get like the grandiose fanfare that like a lot of, call of duties and all those type of things um so cutting up coming up with a sequel and saying like hey we can auction off part of this as nfts right a novel thing i would give them that but it's not like they have to sell the actual thing yeah i know it's (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) blockchain blockchain the thing is it's not predicated if you buy the game when it comes out the whole NFT thing does not affect you at all. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to have in-game items that are NFTs. They're not saying that. Yeah. I, I think there's been speculation of some people wanting to make NFT-based games, which a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing and, and not really too happy about. Yeah. This is not that. This is... Uh, NFT uh, outside of... Yes. you. It's an NFT where you own a portion of the game. I mean, you it's still stupid. That- it is still stupid. I agree. <laughs> I, I yeah. I don't think if you ever. I think this is something that someone's like, "Hey, I own that NPC." Well, but yeah. everybody's going to see that NPC. What does that mean? Right. If if you like maybe right click the character and like. I, I think it's more. I own the receipt that claims that NPC exists. I don't own that NPC. Yeah. I, I think that's where people get confused. Is I'm not buying that NPC. I'm buying a representation of that npc that can't be resold i think there was i'm buying a receipt that says i own the receipt i think there was something in here that did say that you might have a hand in designing that npc right uh because it was for an appearance as an npc and so you buy the nft you get a receipt saying this is the the npc that will be named or or designed after you Mm. um and then they either make them look like you or whatever you want. Whatever, yeah. right? And then you now you own it or have the receipt to, to to it. Yeah. And maybe somewhere in the credits after the game's done, I, I have no idea whether they'll give you recognition of it. Who knows? Yeah. I guess potentially you can sell that because it's an NFT. But if you sell it, you're not selling the NPC. You're selling, you're the, selling receipt, the receipt, which means the that they don't have to do anything. See, I always thought it was more like a title. Like I have the title to this car and then you but, but a the title, title to somebody else. But a title infers ownership of the car. This is not ownership of the NPC. This is you're yeah, buying not, the receipt yeah, this, that the that's, NPC that's exists. True. It's not like if I own the NPC, I can go in there and physically tinker with the NPC right, or do whatever right. I want with it. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that is true. And that's where people are getting hung up that why does this have value? Yeah. It it, it only has value as much as people want to put value into it. That's exactly right. And are, are people going to put value into NPCs in Stalker 2? Eh, 
don't know, probably not. It's not the number one game I'd pick for to be an yeah, NPC that, in. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's why it's probably considered an investment. You don't know. Right. So, I, I, I think it's an interesting approach. It's not like something where they're trying to incorporate NFTs inside the game to make it a part of the game. Right. But it's kind of an interesting way to maybe fund it. And, and all that being said, I, I'm not really against the uh, method in which they're funding this game uh, because it doesn't add or detract anything from the game itself. Right. Uh, you're not, quote unquote, selling out. You're not, quote unquote, doing... You are... Mm -hmm. You're selling a brick for a stadium yeah. build. Yes. I mean, yes. it's the, the same thing, was, right? Yeah, I own a piece of the stadium. Yeah. No, you bought the right to have your name put yeah. on a brick. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to, like, Disney World or anything like that. You go to Epcot Center, mm -hmm. and you can go walking down where um, uh, the entryway, there's, like, a bunch of bricks. Yeah. I have, like, family names on it. Yeah. And it's like, I, I that's we donated to this. Most region, high this school football stadium. stadiums are built that way. Yeah, they have your little name etched right. on it or something. Right, they have, they have a name you, you, trail or yeah. I got my little my little bit of myself in there. Right, and Very and tangibly. I th I think if there was a a, a a way to describe NFTs for the average person, that is it. Is that I'm not buying the stadium. I'm not buying the brick. I don't own that brick. I'm buying the rights to have my name placed on a brick that I have no ownership of. Yes. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's probably the that's probably the best explanation of what an NFT is. Yeah, I am buying the right to put my name on that brick. <laughs> I'm buying the right to have that star named after me or whatever like that. That's true. A brick is a physical thing, but when you're playing a game like Stalker Two, a brick is a physical thing, but they didn't send you the brick. Yeah, they didn't send you the brick. They're not the selling thing. you the brick. They're selling yeah. you the naming rights to the brick. You have a receipt yeah. that says, I owned the rights to name this brick. That's that's all it is. Yeah. Like, like an NPC is a portion of the game, and you're basically saying my name is attached to this NPC. Uh, I guess I still don't un understand N NFTs. I thought they were an authoritative link to something. They are. They're an authoritative link to something that you can only sell once, but it doesn't imply ownership of the thing that it links to, which is the weird yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, the, 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 I guess where the analogy of like selling your name on the brick yeah. loses it with NFTs is like with NFTs, you can transfer ownership to somebody else if you want it to, right? Because it's on a blockchain, right? So like at one point in time, it's like I don't want my name associated with this N with this NPC anymore. I'm gonna sell it to Joe Blow for a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I sell it to him. Now he he has the name associated with an NFT. It's essentially like saying I don't want my my name on this brick anymore. Uh, you know, sandblast it off and etch your name on it. Right. Kind of that. Which that you don't have rights to do because it was a one-time transaction, and you simply right. got a receipt saying that I'm buying the the right to have my name put on this brick. But, you don't you NFT, don't own that brick. But with NFTs, you 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 kind of do now. You can you can transfer. You can that. transfer that receipt of original yes. ownership, but you still don't have rights over the physical object. No, you just have. Right. You just you just like like I said, like you're sandblasting the name off of it, and you're putting yours on there. Right. That's that's it's, not a thing. Just, right. You still don't own that brick. Right. <laughs> you just you just have your name on it. Yeah. That's it. 
Anyway, moving right along. Netflix mm. is apparently getting a live-action Mega Man movie. Yes. Um, something that, I don't know, did you ever wish for a live-action Mega Man movie? Can't say that I did. I don't think I would either. I mean, I do like the Mega Man games, I, I right. have to say. I think just the design of the character himself does not bode well for live action. No. I mean, just look at that. What would a live action? Because that's obviously a person under there. Right. Well, you say obviously. The proportions are a little wrong. Well, okay, uh, you get that. It's like the same anime proportions. Right, like right. Uh, but I can't say I've ever looked at, at Mega Man and gone, you know what? I need a movie of that. You know, and honestly, the closest we ever got to Mega Man for live action is RoboCop. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Freeze, now, criminal RoboCop scum. Is, yeah, now, RoboCop is great. Now, imagine if you made RoboCop an anime and just made it a bunch of silly robots that he's fighting. I don't know if I'd want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know what gonna they're going to do with that. I don't know what they're going to do with that either. Although we said that about Sonic, and it was one of the top-grossing films of 2020. That's true. Uh, Mainly but, but because made... movies died like a month after Sonic came out because of <laughs> circumstances. No, I, I actually really enjoyed Sonic, actually. I thought it was a pretty decent movie. I, I still haven't watched it, but it's on really? my list. Uh, like It's it's kind of a fun... I think you watch it with your daughters. They'll probably yeah. Like it. yeah. It's definitely like a young... They know who kids. Sonic is, and so I, I, okay. I think they would at least tie in with that no i think i think they would probably like it and and i don't know where they would go with this uh personally i can't imagine it not looking just ridiculously silly yeah um but uh, i'll be interesting to see what they what they come up with mm -hmm. um given the fan base I, I think there's like a an adage where as big of a dedicated fan base fan base there is that's who you're going to anger every time you make a film adaptation of that. Right. Yeah. Right. You're going, you, and you're never going to, the bigger the group is, the harder it is to please everyone. Which I have to say, I, I can't imagine Mega Man, no disrespect to, to, to Mr. Man over there, but, <laughs> but I can't imagine Mega Man has a bigger fanship than Sonic or Mario. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Right. Uh, uh, I, or Final Fantasy or. Right. Tomb Raider, or like, let's go down the list, shall we? I I think Doom pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they had like, they had like what, forty five seconds where it's like a first person perspective, and that was like, oh, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah, the rest yeah. of it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't it The yeah. Rock? Wasn't it Dwayne? Yeah, yeah. It was The Rock yeah. was in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a forgettable movie. Definitely yes. a forgettable movie. You all forgot the Doom even existed until I reminded you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I still have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah, yeah I, they're, they're just... I think they're just kind of clasping onto any uh, IP that... Based on the some kind of... Based on the fact that I don't think Mega Man has this... And I could be wrong by this. I could be wrong. This is, it might be bigger in Japan. I don't really know. It could be bigger in Japan. There, I, I'm sure there's giant fan, you know, sects, I want to call them. Uh, like, I know Mega Man has followings. It's it's a it's a fantastic series. It's it's a pioneering uh, platforming action adventure series uh, of games. But it was never as big as 
the big names. It was never as big as uh, Mario and Sonic. It was in the same ilk of Spyro the Dragon and Ratchet and Clank and and games like that, where it was uh, third party, I, I was, second tier. I think it was bigger than that because they they did have a pretty big following, uh, especially in the normal Nintendo and Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think I think they're maybe a little bit bigger than that. I think they were earlier. I don't necessarily think they were bigger because I, because remember okay. what I'm comparing to is like PS1, PS2. Mega Man peaked during the SNES days, during like Mega Man X no, and, and they, games they, like they that. Had, they, they actually had quite a few uh, uh, DS or, or Game Boy games of those too as well. They, they did, but they were mostly yeah. rehashes of the old ones. I mean, they, they even, like, even Mega Man made it into the uh, Capcom versus uh, SNK yep. fighting game. Yep. So it was big enough to, to go there. So I think it's up there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's still like it doesn't seem like something that would translate well to a movie, right? It's and just, and no. and it doesn't seem like. But at the same time, I mean, it doesn't seem like there'd be this dominant fan base that would outcry for, like you've done this wrong and done you know and, the, and, and, injustice upon our name, right? Right. And for and let me let me let me specify too. This isn't like an animated adaptation, right? Movie. Live this action. Is, this is this this specifically says live action. Animated, I could possibly get a little bit more behind. See, live actions see. where I live have a problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in other news, I think there's 12 minutes left. We can talk some Star Trek. <laughs> okay, that's right. We haven't Let's done go. that for a while. We have not. Uh, so if you hadn't been paying attention, good old games, GOG.com. Uh, mm. Last month dropped uh, a veritable boatload of classic Star Trek PC games yes. on us. Uh, in the form of uh, Star Trek Elite Force and Elite Force 2, Bridge Commander, Starfleet Command 3, Hidden Evil, and Away Team. Now, they had a couple of games that were already available. There was Starfleet Command, and I think there was one or two, maybe one of the Academy games. Um, But they're kind of this this era of games that's kind of forgotten because they were late 90s, early 2000s. And in fact, I have a video coming out specifically on stuff like this, where... Yes, PC is backwards compatible, but just because it ran on Windows 98 doesn't mean it'll run on a modern 64-bit system. And even if the executable will run, it doesn't mean that all the dependencies and all of the installers and everything else that go into making the game work will actually work on a modern PC. And so there's this dead era of classic gaming. Like, I can run DOSBox and play pretty much any DOS game ever with 100% compatibility or very close to it. Uh, and and get the general vibe, and I don't have to run an old 386 or 286 PC. On the flip side, if I go like Windows XP or even like Vista and on, you can play any of those games on modern operating systems because architecturally there's not a lot of difference between Windows Vista and Windows 11. Right. Uh, it's that Windows 95, 98, and even XP that gets a little Hero. shady. Yes, it does. Uh, where some get like Lucas Arts games in particular are mm-hmm. are nasty to try to get to play if you have the original oh, yeah. discs because you pretty much you pretty much need DOSBox to get those to work. Well, I think they have like I think there's an emulator specifically designed. For uh, that. There's the Scum emulator, Scum which emulator, which is exactly. specifically written for Lucas Arts point and click adventures like Sam and Max yes. and uh, the, the Dig, uh, and, and Monkey, uh, Island, Monkey Island, and yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's an engine specifically rebuilt to play those games, um, 
you could also play them in DOSBox, but there's also a little weird thing with those. Right. Uh, Scum is, is a better way to do it. But when you get into, like, the Windows games, when you get into Rogue Squadron and Starfighter mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 and Shadows of the Empire, and there were a lot of games in the late yeah. 90s for, for Star Wars that were just fantastic that you literally cannot run on a modern system or even install, even though the executable is a 32-bit, the installer was written for a 16-bit for Windows 3.1, which yeah. won't even run on a modern system. Won't even system. run on it. Yeah, they can't even do it. Um, so, uh, it's kind of this lost era of computer gaming. Now, a lot of it was 3D, which means it was crap 3D, and <laughs> not a lot yeah, of people yeah. like to revisit those. But I kind of do. Um, I, I mean, sometimes I get that. Sometimes I like I have nostalgia. And I go back and I'm like, I want to try this, but the, sometimes the graphics are just too much to overcome. But I'll, I'll play like a couple hours of it and get my fill of nostalgia and like, okay, I'm done with this type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving on to good old games has dropped a couple of new releases on us in the form of star trek armada and star trek armada 2 Mm -hmm. so 2000 and 2001 respectively and these were real-time strategy games with 3d space combat and full fleet simulations yes um like is there a better scene than the Enterprise E, the Defiant, and uh, what is that third ship cruising in? Uh, like, holy crap. Yeah. The only thing I remember about Armada and having a little bit of a beef with was because it was a, an RTS space simulator. Yeah. But unlike, uh, um, they, I think they're, they're, they're 3D plane because there's space. You're supposed to be able to go up, down, left, right. Right. I don't believe that the vertical give on a lot of those things were that much. No, it, you were still kind of playing on. You a, had 400 a, a feet top to bottom with yeah, a 150 yeah, foot tall ship. Yeah. It wasn't that much going yeah. on. It wasn't like home world or something like that, where you can, you have like a complete 3d space. Here. Right. It, it was no descent free space. Right. Yeah. But it was, it, it still was a fun game. I do remember playing a lot of Armada two specifically. Yeah. Um, because it was more of the Star Trek Next Generation type things, and they had all the different uh, class ships with the Borg, and I, I really remember playing a lot of those at land parties quite a bit and having a lot of fun with it. So the fact that it's back on good old games, I might have to pick that up. Only, only eight bucks. Yeah, eight bucks. Yeah, I bought them both, because even if I never run these again, I bought them at one point. They're great games. But I like that they're going back and they're pulling out games from this era and making them playable on modern machines. Uh, And so regardless, I want to support that. Uh, You might be ticked off at CD Projekt Red, the owner of good old games for one reason or another. You know, Cyberpunk should have been so much better. Cyberpunk was a damn good game. It's just at the end of the day, they had a nine year development cycle and they wanted to do so much more. And they said, no, at some point we have to make money. And yeah. so they pushed it out. And you know what? They're still doing right by continuing to bring out updates and everything else. And at the end of the day, it was $60, and I got my $60 worth out of it. I haven't bought it yet. But then again, my backlog is gigantic. So. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I'll get to it eventually. Right. And 
And honestly, like everyone was bitching about stability and playability and whatnot. I played the entire campaign and crashed once when it was oh, released. Really? Yeah, I ran into a couple glitches here and there, but... It's that Skyrim level of like, glitches. We accept Skyrim what, and what, Fallout. Yeah, why, why, yeah, why is why it does Bethesda we... get a pass? Why they did... Okay, maybe it's because like the glitches are humorous. And they're like hilarious. Well, so was that Cyberpunk. We, we them... do, do you remember I, the glitch of of like the twenty people who were programmed to cross the street and then cross the street again? Well, it okay, was one of my favorite things funny. to watch. <laughs> that's true. Just a crowd of people, not, like, okay, we're gonna go over here now. Oh, I guess as, we're gonna wait as, for as, this light now. Oh, we're gonna walk back. Okay, cool. Not as funny as Skyrim, where you go to fight a giant and he launches you into the stratosphere, right? With one hit. That's that's pretty funny. Um, unless they don't patch that in vr which i gotta say is one of the worst experiences i've ever oh, had yeah. in my life oh yeah you could you could get uh, motion sickness from that point. not only jumping from first to third person because they never patched that shit out yeah. but but secondly the fact that it still launches you into the sky and all of a yeah. sudden you're going oh <laughs> yeah i think they might have left that in there on purpose for vr oh, i'm sure they did yeah that happened just like, okay, I'm done with VR for today. Yeah. <laughs> so much for that. Yep. But no, a lot of these classic Star Trek games, if if you yes. haven't played any of them, go yeah. play Elite Force. I do like Elite Force quite a bit. Um, I remember playing one and two mm -hmm. uh, and enjoying both of them. I, I actually, <laughs> I think I like the games better than the series because it's based on the Voyager series. I think I kind of like the games a little better than the series almost. I had more fun playing them. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's a, it's based on the old Unreal Engine and mm -hmm. it runs really great in modern uh, Quake 3 modern engine. computers. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, Quake, Quake 3, 3 engine. engine. Right. Yep. You're right. You're right. It's Quake 3 engine. It's Quake 3. Um, I know my Star Trek games, dang it. You're right. You're right. Sure. I was wrong. Sorry. Same <laughs> engine as uh, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight 2. Yes. Yeah, the Quake 3 engine was used for a lot of stuff back in the day. Yeah. You know, you can tell from the loading screen because you open the executable and it brings up a command window and it goes and shoots like a million lines of text and then it opens up a full screen app and you're like, oh, this is the oh, yeah. game. Oh, I yeah. thought I was opening Doom the, again. This is the Quake 3 engine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no affiliate link. Just if you're into any of these Star Trek games of, of, yeah. of old, which I totally am. Uh <coughs> Um, I I bought pretty much every single one of these games when they were released on the platform. I bought Star Trek Armada and Armada 2 immediately after they were released. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have Starfleet Command 3 yet. I think it's the only one I didn't buy. Uh, what about Away Team? Uh, do I have Away Team? I don't remember liking Away Team. I don't. Uh, it's, I it, I remember it, I played a, it. I I I don't think I own a Way Team either, and I think it's because I remember not liking that game. It was it was a top down isometric uh, turn based strategy. Yes, where you basically pick your team, they go down to a scenario, and it's like turn based. You click them, tell them go there. To right. Them. And, and the, I don't remember really liking it that much. Yeah. Um. But it's been a while. Although it's it's got a what is it. 4.3 out of 5? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I've got Elite Force, Elite Force 2. I do have Starfleet Command and Starfleet Command 3. Oh, okay. I could have swore I had bought some of the others. I guess not. 
Oh, bridge commander. I have bridge commander. Okay. I don't remember bridge commander. I don't remember playing bridge commander. Uh, it was a that continuation of Starfleet Academy, and it was more of the the bridge simulation style. Okay. Yeah. Play. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I remember playing that one. Yeah. I did play Academy. Yep. Oh, they they still don't have the. Um, oh, do they still have the? Uh, uh, what's the Klingon one? The Klingon first person. Oh, Klingon shooter. Honor Guard. Yeah, is that is that available? Uh, I don't think it is. That wasn't a very good one either, to be no. honest. But but I just kind of curious because that that one was Unreal Engine. I do remember yeah. that was yeah. Unreal Engine. Yeah, Klingon Honor Guard uh, released in 1998, October 1st. Yeah. Uh, developed by Microprose, same oh, people wow. who brought you Worms. That's right. <laughs> Well, and and you know they the Klingons like to eat worms too, so that's okay. That's right. Now what's this guy is barely a, moving. This <laughs> the squirmier the better. So uh, there was there was a, an article I think put out by uh, I think it was PC Gamer recently about mm -hmm. classic games uh, that are still not yet on a digital distribution platform. Yeah. So is there anything that you see? Because we got we got a well, it's ten o'clock, but we got a couple of minutes to yeah. burn through. What game that is not currently distri distributed to a digital platform that you'd like to see? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That is not currently. I have one in mind myself that I I really like and I had a ton of fun with, but I want to hear yours first. Well, that is hard to say. Um. Like, because the reason I play PC games is because of the era that I've been talking about, because of 95, 98, you right. know, those games and, and you know, and there's, and late there's generation of DOS, early there, generation yeah. Windows, um, right. you know, and games like Descent and Descent 2 and, right. uh, you know, Voyager Elite Force and... Yeah. Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast. Uh, those, those have been available, available to, for a long buy. time. You know, yeah. not Elite Force. Elite Force, this is brand new. I think if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said Elite Force. Elite Force, yeah. But now that it is. Yeah. And, and, fact, and so in the last couple of months, a lot of my like wish list games have come out as like, you can buy them now. So right. I, I, and I really haven't thought about that list lately. <laughs> okay. Maybe if I brought up the article and you could pick one, but but for me it's um, no one lives forever. Okay, yeah. No one lives forever. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, is this the top ten? Not. Uh... Excuse me, as I yawn straight into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Well. I can't Google it right now, but I think there was a few of them on there. But but the one that really stood out to me was No One Lives Forever, and I remember really liking that game quite a bit. Draken, is Draken not? Uh... I remember Draken too, liking that one. Is I don't know if that one's a distributable game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go a little left field here. 
I'm going to okay. go with a console game that sure. has gotten numerous sequels, but never really been revisited at all. And that is uh, the Burnout series. Uh, oh, yeah. Burnout 1, 2, and specifically Burnout 3 Takedown. Yes, because you don't see that anymore. Right. Uh, they have some newer games. They have Burnout Revenge. They've got a PSP variant and, and, and right. whatnot. But there was something about those first three games that was just so, so great. It was we're simulation enough where the physics feel good, the gameplay feels good, but we're also arcadey enough where every single corner is just such a blast to go around and being able to knock your opponents out and T-bone them into a, or, you know, pit maneuver them. And so they hit a, right. a telephone pole at a, 120 miles an hour. And it, it does you the courtesy of slowing the game down and yeah. panning around the, as, as those liquid physics are, are working. Right. And, uh, and then it just kind of throws you back behind your car and you're going to the next guy. Um, that that game doesn't exist anymore no, and and even well, on the, i think you can you can get it through emulation even on the emulation side burnout takedown has some massive issues on on the ps2 oh, and xbox really? emulators uh okay, they don't play well uh mm. i think they've gotten the frame rate up finally but the skybox renders as black and they they don't have a oh, fix for it. Oh. um and so i've tried like revisiting burnout takedown because that was one of my favorite games in the early 2000s and uh you can't play it so somebody said somebody just said flat out 2 i know flat out 2 is on distribution flat out 2 I just played it. it's on I good just old played games that. no it's on steam too it's I on steam as well yeah i own it i played yeah it. no i, I, I hold on hold on favorites. hold on uh yeah. so <laughs> well hey, the, the art i just posted the article the 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 pc gamer article on on the talking heads channel okay if you want to take a look at it and, and peruse what they have for their list and they had no. some interesting ones Here you go. that I never thought about. Here you about. go. Here's my good old games library. Look, Fallout 2. There it's actually go. one of the there oldest games that I own on this library. Yeah. Like Fallout I, 2 is awesome. I bought it years ago. No, and it's still great. I, I was on the beta program for good old games when they were talking about how do we sell games and does the digital distribution model work and how's our DRM free thing going to work? Like, right. I think this was one of the first games that I bought after the service went live, but... I bought some of these games well before right. they were actually available. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious if you take a look at the list and what you thought of the list because yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, let me uh let me grab that list real quick because I am curious. There we go. Eighteen classic games you still can't get digitally. Yeah, no one lives forever. Obviously, that's a great one. Freelance, that's, that's, that's freelancer. Holy crap, dude. Uh, that might get my vote right there. Like I, right there I see three D movie maker right behind, and I respect yes. that. Uh, I, but I, actually, the one below that was was another one that I did not realize was not digitally distributed. But freelancer, there there is an a an open source port uh, that they're mm -hmm. working on called uh, Libra Lancer that you can okay. take the original game files, put it into it, just like Diablo with Devolution X and some right, other games right. like that. Eduke Thirty Two. Uh, where you can play the original source files, at, but with modern controls and with modern, mm -hmm. you know, quality of living, quality of life enhancements. Freelancer was a hell of a game. And yes. absolutely, I would love to see that 
in a more modern playable style that doesn't rely on using your mouse within a limited box to fly your spaceship right. through. Like, yes. the controls were awful, but the world was amazing. Yeah. So I'll give it that. 3D Movie Maker. Oh, the movies? Yes. Mech the Warrior. Was, I love that. Mech Warrior 2. Mech Warrior 2 was, I think, my favorite Mech Warrior. Yes. Uh, I will say, I really liked 4, but 2 was my entry to the series. And in fact, I had Mech Warrior 2 ATI 3D Rage Edition. Yes, that's all right. Right. So I I had my Mech Warrior fully 3D accelerated in hardware. Me, I did too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Black and white, yeah. Oregon Trail, yeah. Yeah. 1942. See, yes and no on that one. Yeah, because they they used to have it distributed, and I got it because they had it for free on Origin. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have it. So the fact that it's not out there is not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll finish up through this list real quick, and then I think we'll we'll call it a show. Yes. Dune Two, sure. Black and White, Oregon Trail, nineteen forty two, Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth. That one kind of surprises me that number one, it's not available, but number yeah. two, I didn't think it was that great of a game when it was released. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, as far as an RTS, it had some unique mechanisms for how you managed your armies, but outside of that, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, Civilization, Civ 2, uh, pretty fun games, I, I yeah. will say. Uh, didn't have the, uh, the Gandhi nuke glitch. That was Civ 3, but, yes. you know. Yeah, and Civ 3 you can still get. Yeah, yeah, and some of these early games, like, like Oregon Trail, that's a game that's been rehashed a dozen times over, and yeah. so... Yeah, so it does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, feel kind of like... like and with Civ, it's the same basic idea just right. expanded on as far as and so i don't really right. feel like civ 2 versus civ 5 I, I don't i don't feel like i'm missing something like there's right. no substitute for <laughs> no one lives forever right they made no one lives forever one and two and that's it right so uh, like yeah like you said with like civ we have civ 3 civ 4 those all are just building upon what civ 1 and civ 2 were mm-hmm. so i'm not really missing those yeah um so uh, that's that's not something I yeah. really care too much about. AVP, uh, I think that's a decent idea. Uh, Silent Hill two and three. This one spoke to me. Need for Speed Underground. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Two thousands tuner culture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no there's no replacing the customization inside this game, or the art style, or the just overall feel of of night circuit racing city streets car underglow and and you know vinyl wraps and i i do remember the customization on both those being very very so fun. good yeah yeah uh sim ant how did sim ant I, make I, the list i i don't know because i don't even think that was a very good game when it was I, new I, neither did i <laughs> and i think that fully invalidates every other opinion above it yeah, like there are okay. some games well, that you could add. This, this is PC Gamer, by the way. I'm I'm just using this as a launching point for discussion. Yeah, and it would be interesting to get a comprehensive list of games. Yeah, that are not released on a streaming platform and kind of expand that discussion. Yeah, but um, I just thought it was an interesting topic to kind of fill the rest of the. Yeah, um, yeah. Sim Ant wasn't even like the best game that's no longer available. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> I I agree with you there. Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, yeah, trying to think more about it. I think. Uh, I think I think everybody out there should think more about it. And if you want to talk more about it, go invest in the Discord, and then we'll have an after party. I think first topic. I we'll think that'll about. be discussion number one. I think it's a great option. If you are interested in joining the exclusive Discord server, make sure to check out the link to the Patreon down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 per month gets you access, and you can join myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads over on the Discord server. Chat with us all through the week. Keep the party going with the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. Head on over to craftcomputing.store. Get yourself a pint glass, t-shirt, or other accessories. Start drinking like a pro. Uh... What else we got? Steve, you got anything to... Well, everybody have a happy Christmas. I guess... Oh, no, wait. You'll be next on. Week? Oh, next... I'll I didn't announce next yes, week. We have to... We have to... We have to... Next, next, yep. Shoot. I didn't announce next week. I'm going to have to pitch that. Uh, next week, a super special Talking Heads, as if last week wasn't special enough. I mean, Steve, no offense to you. You're on in between. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, Next week, Wednesday night, normal time, ABM Pacific time, all four of us will be live in studio. All four of us, social show, same room, same beers. It's going to be great. We're going to have a thumb wrestling competition. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't know. My arm's almost <laughs> three foot, so we if, might be able to social distance that. Only only if Rhett's, not with, not with uh, John, thumb, if, 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 if Rhett's thumb fungus clears up, then there will be. But if right, not, right. then we'll have, to, we'll have to skip that. <laughs> uh, get yourself clear, Rhett, and we'll, we'll make that happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so next Wednesday, uh, yeah, we will be doing an all-hands-on-deck Christmas special gonna be good trying out some fancy beers yeah some fancy fancy beers yep talking about our favorite things from the year too uh that's about about all i've got make sure to hit the thumbs yeah. up on this video subscribe to craft computing if you haven't done so already i am so close to a quarter million let's see if we can get me over that mark by year's end that it. would be freaking awesome and as always we will see you next week see you guys cheers everyone